Somebody wave to me. Now I can see you. It is good to see you. It is good to have you here. Amen. And you tell your neighbor, it's good to see you. Even though you don't know them, you can say it by faith. The feelings will come later. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's a blessing to be here this afternoon. And uh, today, I know that last Sunday I spoke about uh, continuing, about dwelling in the courts of the Lord. But this afternoon, I want to shelve that just a little bit because I feel that we need to spend a bit more time in prayer. Amen? Amen. We'll, uh, we'll pick it up in Kesha, but keep it in your mind. Amen? Amen. This afternoon, I'd like us to... Um, we're going to pray according to Psalm 91. Do you have your Bibles? You have your Bibles? Who doesn't have a hard copy Bible? Guilty as charged. Smiling. Eh? Who doesn't have a hard copy Bible? You are the redeemed of the Lord. So open, open your Bibles. Let's go to Psalm 91. It's a familiar psalm. We are still within... We're still within the theme of what we're handling. We're handling warfare from a different strategy. Okay? We're handling challenges from a different perspective. Last, last Sunday, during the miracle service, we talked about dwelling in the courts of the Lord. And I introduced a topic saying that uh, just like the judicial system we have here, sometimes we lose battles because either we go to the wrong courtroom, we have the wrong advocate representing us, or we don't even understand what our case is about. So, and we started by saying the first thing is to acknowledge that you need the Lord. The first thing is to acknowledge that you need to, to have a legal ground to be able to overtake certain things. And one of the things that the court does... Um, Sorry, it's not a law class, so don't worry. People are beginning to shut down. I can see file not found, file not found on the foreheads. But I am not going I'm not going that far. I'm just trying to bring us up to speed so that when we start off with Psalm ninety one we have a bit of understanding. Amen. Yes. So I was saying that one of the things that we need to understand is that um sorry. My name is Irene. Does anyone not know me? Yeah, I have no jurisdiction without a title. Cindio, my name is Irene. Anyone with us for the first time? First time ever here. Ah, so we're all there. Hi. Yes, it is you who was asking, who is that? The name is Irene. <laughs> the name is Irene Aliso. This man in the royal shirt. Somebody say royal. Is my husband. Eh? He's so busy, he can't hear you. But it is well. I'm married to one, Mr. Aliso. We have three children and are blessed in the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, we're just continuing to say that uh, one of the, the, the fastest ways to win a war is to have a working strategy. Okay? The reason M-Pesa is working is because they have found 
a strategy. They are making a lot of money because they found a strategy. The reason Equity Bank rose as fast as it did is because they found a strategy. The reason some, some of the companies that we have around are the way they are is because of the strategy. So one of the things we talked about last Sunday is that there is a strategy that not many of us are aware of. The Bible talks about the courts of heaven. The Bible talks about the courts and, and we, 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 we cry at the gates, but we've never really entered into the courts of heaven to make appeal, to make petition, so that when you step out into war, you have a paper that already says you have won the battle. One of the scripture references we looked at was David asking, uh, should I pursue when he was attacked? And he comes back, he asks the Lord, should I pursue? Will I overtake? Will I retrieve what was taken? And the Lord responded and said, yes, pursue them. You shall overtake and you shall retrieve. After that word is when David steps forward. Many of us do battle without even knowing what God's opinion is on the same. Okay? So one of the things, we, we'll continue on that one. I want us to chew it very slowly so that we don't lock mentally. It's not a law class. Can I dismiss that? Yeah? It's just a small, intelligent conversation that will require a bit more mental strength. But you have what it takes. Amen? Amen. So today, we, we want, I want us to pray this afternoon. I don't want us to go into so much mental stuff, but I want us to pray based on Psalm, Psalm 91. I'm going to read it right now, and then after that, we'll stand up and pray. Amen? Are we together? Is that a working formula? It is? I will explain why we're going into Psalm 91 first. Okay. Verse 1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter, from the deadly pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall find protection. His faithfulness shall be your shield and wall, others say your shield and buckler. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Nor of the pestilence that pursues in darkness. Nor of the destruction that strikes at noon, noonday. Verse 7. A thousand may fall on your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Meaning you shall not be part of that reward. Amen. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling, there shall be no evil befall you. Neither shall any plague come near unto your tent, for, you, for he shall give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. Verse 12, they shall bear you up in their hands lest you strike your foot against a stone. 
you shall tread upon the lion and the adder the young lion and the serpent you shall trample under foot because he has set his love upon me therefore i will deliver him i will set him on high because he has known my name he shall call upon me and i will answer i will be with him in trouble i will deliver him and honor him with long life i will satisfy him and show him my salvation it's a beautiful psalm but it 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 talks about something that most of us take for granted the shelter of the lord most high understanding the benefits of the shelter of the lord most high the fastest way out of many of our challenges is in the shelter of the lord most high verse 1 talks about he who dwells in the shelter of the most high not he who visits the shelter of the most high not he who glances at the shelter of the most high but he who dwells in the shelter of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty abiding under a shadow to create a shadow you have to block off light you have to block off something that is coming to create a shadow so for us to be to abide under the shadow of the almighty meaning the lord takes the light of everything and shields you in that position are we together that our testimony will be like verse 2 i will say of the lord he is my refuge he is my fortress my god in whom i trust and then david assures us in verse 3 that surely Somebody say surely. What does surely mean to you and me? As hard as this is, for sure. Isn't it? Without question, this thing is not about to change shape. It's already set, isn't it? This building it's going to take a lot to shake it down. It will rain, it will thunder. Yes, it has the potential of coming down. But the structure has been done in such a way that let the rain come. let the sun shine this building should be able to stand so when we say surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter it's been said that some people's destinies have been stolen it's been said that sometimes there you are minding your own business mtu anakuchokoza tu those are hunters they are looking for somebody do you know such people or you guys are the hunters There are moments where you have not necessarily done something. But because you are a minority, my friend likes to say, we are minorities as in you're easy to pick on like that little child in class who you look at and you just feel like pinching the ears and the poor thing has not done anything. There are moments where you're picked on for no good reason. Other moments because the people picking on you or the spirits picking on you that is their dna to destroy to distract to just cause commotion from a deadly pestilence what is a pestilence to my understanding and i stand to be corrected is like ebola you know the one where nobody understands how to fix this thing and it has such a destructive tendency it not just hits only you but it hits other people around you 
Verse 4 promises that the Lord himself, for you who is dwelling in the shelter of the Most High, shall cover you with his feathers. Has anyone ever come across hard feathers? Has anyone ever dealt with hard feathers? Feathers are often soft. Feathers are often, you know, you have a kind of peace inside. You can't explain it. There's a gentleness about your spirit, even in the midst of such trauma. In the midst of such destruction, under his wings, like a chicken, he will cover you. Meaning he takes the beating for you. When we speak about dwelling in the courts of the Lord, this is what we are looking for. The kind of shelter where, yes, a thousand are falling on our left, tens of thousands on our right. But there's a, there's a tiny route to cut through. The Bible speaks about Jesus. Walking right through them. Even though the riot was about Jesus. Jesus walks through. So they don't even know who they are rioting for. My friend likes to believe that Jesus used to change forms. He's watched too much Spider-Man and all this business. So he believes that Jesus would just change. See, he's the one who made everything. In him were all things made. And he defends it. Hmm? Everything was created by him. So if he wants to go out, he just changes. Now he wears Molly's face. And they are still looking for him. They can't see him. Akifika pale anakuwa Jesus tena. Those are movies for you. But there's a shelter that the Lord gives to us. There's a refuge that the Lord gives to us. And that's our call over this week. That's our call over this, this period as we discuss this topic. That the Lord will be a shelter. We can't change what's happening outside us. But we can change our position. We can't manage completely. We don't have too much control about what's, what's around us. But we can manage our position. I always say that when you have a fight with someone, when you have an argument with someone, there's always that window of about three seconds when you decide whether to engage or not to engage. When someone says something to you and you know that, now how do you answer this person? In your spirit, I don't care how dull you are, dull not in the sense of mental, but dull in terms of sensitivity. I don't care how dull you are, you always have that point to say, then you say, Achana Nayati. Sindio. Or you say, no, let me tell you something. Now you've decided to do what? To engage. You've decided to educate them. So they are more, <laughs> no, educate them very lightly, yeah? But with a lot of zeal in your tone, zeal in your mental processing, you know, choice of words becomes very different at that point, yeah? But it's important to know your position. You can either take on a position of war or a position of peace. So when we say we are coming into the courts of heaven, we are trying to change positions. We are trying to shift our position. We are trying to say, you know, we've been fighting from here. Let's go get the verdict first and then take on the war. The assurance we have right now in Psalm 91 is that there are benefits of taking a position of dwelling in the shelter of the Most High. You shall not be afraid, verse 5, of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies 
by day. There are seasons that are naturally bad. It's night time. Anything can come out of the bushes. But when something comes out during the day, unexpected, yani it's daytime. Namuizi anaingia tu kwa nyumba. And you're like, don't you guys work at night? What are you doing at this time? So verse 5 is describing moments. It's describing wars or things that come in by day because it is a possibility. But even that, our God can quench. Even that, our God can quench. And that is what we are going to declare this afternoon. Moving on swiftly, verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Near you doesn't necessarily mean that your car is not included in near you. Most of us have extended who we are to what we own. When Job was, when, when the devil, when the Lord gave the devil access to Job, he gave him a certain level of clearance. He touched his children, he touched his wife, he touched his cows, donkeys and all. But he did not touch his life. When this scripture talks about not coming near you, some of us are determining the level of clearance in our minds. But can we surrender that to God as well? The you in this verse could be anything. It could be your family. It could be your health. It could be as far off as your distant cousin whose name you don't remember until someone calls it out. Or it could be as close as your health but not your life. Either way, the Bible is telling us in in verse 7 that it shall not come near you. It shall not destroy you. Not without the Lord being aware of it. Moving on quickly. Verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Sometimes we find ourselves being caught up in the reward of the wicked. For us to only see the reward of the wicked, we must dwell in the shelter of the Most High and not be party to the activities of the wicked. Otherwise, we have joined them. It's very hard sometimes when we see them prosper and stay away. See, I can join them. The day you join them, that's the day when things fall apart. Do you remember the time when uh, there were pyramid schemes? We had a tenant at that time back in Uganda and we didn't think he would participate. And he did. And did and did really good. Like, put in a lot of money. Do you know he was unable to pay rent for nine months? And he's saying, uh, you know, this pyramid scheme really ate my money. <laughs> so sometimes, you are the Jonah in the boat. When the wicked are alone, it is floating. When you enter the boat, it sinks. So you're better off staying where you are. 
so that you may have the chance to see verse 8. You will only observe with what? Your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling, there shall be no evil. There shall no evil befall you. We're testifying the same thing. That is the place I want us to go into today. Have we done it before? Yes. And we'll keep doing it until it becomes part of us. You say, Lord, you are my dwelling place. Lord, you are my fortress. When we begin the journey, we say it by faith. You are my savior. But every time we're in trouble, we call somebody else. We don't talk to Jesus first. We tell him about a testimony of how we were rescued. Say, Lord, you're so amazing. You know, the other day you came through for me. He showed up even without being called by you. But over time, he will become your refuge. He will become your fortress. He will become the one person that you think about immediately. It's a walk of faith. One of the benefits of dwelling in the, in the, in the shelter of the Most High, in, in the courts of the Most High, verse 10, is there shall be no evil that befalls you, neither shall any plague come near your tent. The Israelites in Egypt witnessed this. They're under the same climate. They're under the same atmosphere. It's not like the Israelite camp was continents away. It was right under the same landscape. And yet death went through the camp of the Egyptians and bypassed the Israelites. It's not uncommon. It is not beyond the hand of God to put you in that position. Where his angels, where he gives angels over you, to charge over you, to guard you in all your ways. One time in our miracle service, somebody testified of being lifted from the road as a car was coming. Do you remember that? Some of us have actually <laughs> experienced moments I was sharing with a couple of friends some time back. When I was eight years old, uh, yeah, I think I was about eight. So, let's say about six, because I was in kindergarten, that I remember. I was in kindergarten and I was tired of school. I was so tired of school, I just wanted to go home. So, I escaped. And home was about, what, three, about three kilometers. So I decided to walk and walk and walk, but it was a direct route. You just stay on this road, you'll find home. You know that, no landmarks, nothing. If the road changes, you're in trouble. So I got onto the road and started walking. But I grew up in a mountainous place, so the road used to wind on a hill. And go down like that. So at this moment as I'm walking, a car is coming and, I'm at, and there's a cliff. So the road goes to the edge of the cliff and then winds down again. So I'm at the edge of the cliff and I didn't see that the car was coming. I'm a child. I'm probably looking at trees or something else. I still process that day every day and ask myself, what was that? Because I can tell you, I literally levitated over the cliff and came back. And the car passed. 
So I'm like lifted. If this is the cliff, the car is coming from behind, so I don't know the car is coming. I'm here. Next thing I know, I'm like this, and then back. But on this edge is a cliff, and it's not shallow because at the bottom of it is a river. I tried to process that as a child. I could not understand. Until later, a friend of mine describes that angels actually guard you. I'm like, is that what that was? Six years old. He will give his angels charge over you. He will protect you. There are many things that the Lord would do for you. Some of them you understand, others you don't. But it is possible to see the scripture. For he shall give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands lest you strike your foot on a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder. The lion is one of the most territorial beings, the most territorial creatures. They take on a territory and they want to stay there. No one else is allowed to come in. There are challenges that come and have decided that they will dwell in your house. It will be part of their inheritance. We often talk about generational curses. We talk about things that have been there for so long. Those are the lions we're talking about. The Lord can give you victory over the lion. One of the things about the adder is that when it bites, it does not relent. Most of the snakes bite and let you die and then come back. The adder bites and will bite until its glands are empty. There are challenges that can come to you until you're like, you know, this thing will never end. The Bible says even that you will trample underfoot. The lion, the young lion and the serpent. Maybe it's a small problem. Maybe it's a big problem. But the Lord can give you victory over it. Verse 14 says, Because he has set his love upon me. This is the testimony of the Lord towards you. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. You dwell in his presence so long that he has something to say about you. Sometimes you pray, sometimes you don't. But because you have set your love upon him, he will set you free. Are there no benefits for dwelling in the house of the Lord? No, they are. They are. Don't be deceived that you're wasting your time. Don't be deceived that you're, 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 you're killing your destiny. Set your love upon the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to love you. I want to grow in this thing I hear. They say you love the Lord. What do you love about the Lord? The Lord has a great sense of humor. One time I show up for prayer and I'm singing these mournful songs because I'm tired. And the Lord asks me, who are we mourning? I just laughed. Who are we mourning? Can you imagine? And I'm singing to you and who are we mourning? He has a great sense of humor. He is someone you can relate with and he can give a testimony about your life. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. 
The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is his reputation. The name of the Lord is who he is. We seek to know who the name, who the Lord is. And he will set you on high. Not for your glory, but his own. The previous scripture in verse, verse 4 talks about his faithfulness being your shield. His faithfulness being your buckler. His faithfulness. He himself is faithful and he will do it not only because you have set your love on him, but because he is faithful. He can't help himself but be faithful. He can't help himself but be loving. He can't help himself but be a rescuer for you. That is the God we are appealing to today. That is the God under whose shelter we are inserting ourselves. That is the God whose shadow we are seeking this afternoon. The Lord promises in verse 15, You shall call upon me and I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble and deliver you and honor you. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's be on our feet. This afternoon, I want us to pray according to Psalm 91. took time to explain so that we pray with understanding. We are making our journey into finding shelter in the courts of the Lord Most High. We have to lift our faith to a level where we believe that He is truly a rewarder of them who seek Him. That every promise He has given to you, He will fulfill. Take a moment right now and say, Lord, I want to dwell in your shelter. I want to dwell in your shelter. I don't want to just visit it for a moment. I want to be there. I want to operate in your shelter.